Mark, I know a lot of major businesses are reeling over the news that Quick Trip was the victim of a cyber attack this week. What details can you share? It happened early October, looks like October 9th, and has impacted a number of their operations, has really impacted a lot of their customers in terms of their rewards programs, in terms of having supplies in the stores. And this is a story you've heard before, right? We've heard it over the years, companies who've been attacked like this. We don't know the specifics of where it came from and the extent of it, other than what we've seen on the outward face. We don't know what happened inward face, but this is another risk. And it's something that I know a lot of companies fear and have had a lot of steps put in place. But you know the hackers and the hackers are good. And sometimes they end up around it and they're able to do this. And the other thing about QuickTrip, remember, is there are a lot of fans out there, a lot of people who use it, a lot of people who use their entities and their programs. So this is a big deal. I think, you know, QuickTrip obviously has a great brand, has a great name, but things like that kind of hurt that brand sometimes. So they're going to have to recover this, and I'm sure they will, but it's bound to have a short-term hit. Do we know if they had to pay a ransom? We do not. None of that has been released yet. We don't know the extent of it. You know, I mean, a lot of times this thing kind of comes out over time, you kind of hear more and more about it. But no, we don't know that yet. And all we know is it's been significant because this has been a couple of weeks of this now. And, you know, nobody wants this to happen to them. Nobody wants it to impact their customers like this. And bottom line, it can really affect a business financially. Correct. And, you know, so far, luckily, from what they've said, it didn't impact any type of information from customers, whether it's credit card numbers or, I mean, anything like that. So far, so good. But again, sometimes this stuff kind of dribbles out over time. So we'll have to see over the next few weeks what else happened there. Yeah, just one more warning to employees, don't click on anything. Let's move on to the state assembly because they finally passed that $600 million American Family Field finance package. But what's the state Senate going to do? This will be fun to watch next week. There's a hearing already scheduled next Wednesday, and there's already kind of talk about amendments at the state Senate. One of the ones that's been talked about is a tax on all the home games, the tickets sold. And that's something that's been brought up along the way, but now it looks like it's going to be added in terms of an amendment. Will it get approved? I don't know. I know from the brewer's standpoint, the brewer's are are really opposed to it. They don't want anything like that for the home games at AmFam Field. The fear is that it adds to the cost. You have a lot of tickets, obviously, in the upper level, kind of lower cost tickets. If you add a $2 fee, a $3 fee, a $4 fee, it kind of adds that. And the brewers are very insistent upon having affordable tickets, you know, so that everybody in the community can attend. Uh, there's also talk about having that fee for other events at the stadium, whether it's concerts, shows, things like that. And the brewers are more open to that from what they've said. From what they've told me, it's very interesting, about almost half of the people who attend the shows and concerts at the stadium are from out of state. So I think there's more openness to that and you know, having that be a way to increase the revenue. And then I think they're going to look at other amendments in the Senate, whether it's who's on the board overseeing the stadium and other things. But, you know, I think it'll be a close vote. As I've been saying along, it's not going to be fun to watch. But in the end, I think it will end up being approved, hopefully by early November, and then we can move on from this issue. Well, something that has been fun to watch. Here at WTMJ, we teamed with you at the Milwaukee Business Journal and TMJ4, all looking at the future of Milwaukee's downtown streetcar system. Is there any momentum towards expanding it? You know, not really. And that's what I'd say upsetting to some people, kind of really pointing, because it's a system that's been open a few years, has seen some success in terms of ridership. Of course, it's free, like everyone says. They've not added a fare yet. And so the three of us kind of really wanted to look at the future of it. How is it doing now? And is there any momentum to expanding it? Because of the line is going to open October 29th, which will run through the couture. And then in April, we'll go full every day. And while that's a nice addition, it's a pretty short addition and not what was originally kind of intended in terms of other additions, whether it's up to the arena, whether it's north into 
Harris Hill or that's going down into the third ward or Walker's Point. So really there's some momentum kind of lacking so far. And obviously the state law with what's going on earlier this year with Act 12 and the whole state thing kind of hampers the city in terms of what it can use for money for this. So it'll be real interesting to watch the next year or two. Will the mayor and the aldermen want this to move ahead? And is there a way to find the money? Because if not, it's a small system and it's not having the impact that it was originally supposed to have. And while nice, again, how can it be more impactful? How can we make this a transportation alternative for others? You know, it'd be nice if you could take it to something like to see some concert. Concerts, Tell right. us about the Milwaukee Planning Commission and what they want to do with those revised plans. Right. You know, that's something that I remember about six, eight months ago, we talked about this a lot. This is the music venue on the old site of the Bradley Center. So now it's come back because it hasn't started construction because it kind of got held up there. And then what happened? Interest rates went up and the economy slowed and the cost of the project went up over $12 million. So now they've returned. Smaller venue on that site still hoping to start construction yet in 23 or in 24. Then would have to slow down a bit, obviously, because of the RNC and then be open either 25 or 26. Nice addition to the city in terms of another venue, hopefully more concerts, more activity in that area. A really nice expansion of what's going on around the arena. Slower than we all hoped it would be at a higher cost. I know that the owners want it to be, but hopefully it will still happen. Let's talk about apartments. And you and I have been Uh, talking about them, especially in Waukesha County. Now, what about this 1,000 apartment plan for Oconomowoc? Why are we seeing this surge of apartments, particularly in Waukesha County? Growth has happened. How many years have we talked about the growth that's occurring in Wauwatosa, in West Dallas, moved west out into Elm Grove, into New Berlin, and into Brookfield? Now it's going further west and it's going to Oconomowoc. And, you know, you have to have options for people. There's beautiful homes in Oconomowoc, the Heartland area. There's some really nice, beautiful, beautiful areas out there. But you also need options for people. So that's why you're seeing kind of more apartments, some of them on the high end, and then some on the workforce end, something you and I have talked about. You know, people that want to live in Oconomowoc and work in Oconomowoc who want options for their things. So I think you're just seeing growth and it's great to see how Waukesha County. It's going to continue to move west. A lot of us have talked about growth happening west and someday, all the way through like Exonia and all the way someday through Madison, to have that all be residential. So it's been kind of interesting to watch, but that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a real interest in Waukesha County and in Oconomowoc right now. I've got to ask you about a fun feature that you had on Monday on your website about business executives' favorite places for a business lunch. Now, for those of you who have that expense account, it's no problem, (laughs) Mark. I I always put my lunches on your account, (laughs) Yeah, well, listen, I I carry the bag for my (laughs) lunch. But what was the most common answer? Very interesting. I had a lot of fun with this, and I just kind of threw it out there and got so much response. Unbelievable. But some of the places are probably not a surprise, and that's Elsa's and the cafe at the Fister, places that you commonly see people very active. But then there's a lot of other smaller places out in the neighborhood, throughout downtown. Swinging Door came up a number of times over on Michigan Street. So there's just a lot of small places. And the thing I was happy most about Libby was that there are people eating out again. Right? They're coming back into the office, whether it's three days a week, whether it's four days a week, and they're going out for lunch, and they're spending money, and they're doing these meetings that they didn't do for three years. I mean, these restaurants struggled for two, three years, and now to see these people out there, I go out for lunch on you, of course, all the time. I go out for lunch and try to go out a couple times a week and just see so many people, and it's nice to see the activity. Now, on Fridays, it's very quiet, I will say, but throughout the rest of the week, it really is nice. And, you know, the fact that it's important to our city, it's important to our central area to have these restaurants be very active. Wait, wait, wait. Ward. You said it's quiet but on Fridays. Why is it I so do. quiet on Fridays? Because a lot of people still work from home on Fridays. A lot of offices, ours included, it's three or four days a week, and Friday's just not the day that a lot of us, you know, I'm in the office, but maybe 
some people aren't. So, and I know you're always in the office, so that's not an issue for you. But you know, you and I are going to go out to London. We're going to try all these places. Oh, promises, and gonna, promises. And then we're going to expense it to your radio station. I'm sure they won't mind, will they? Oh yeah. Okay. Listen, Mark. It is always great. I can ask me my you. favorite places to eat. Okay. What are my favorite? Well, what, okay. what is you know, your favorite? Fa- what is your favorite place? I actually have two, and I've said before, I, mean, I love going to the Fister because you'll see everybody in the city there. Love it. You'll see Steve Marcus. You'll see Greg Marcus. See other people there. I love going to the public market because of the energy, because of the activity. Those are my two favorite places. My third one now, and it's the one right next to you, and that's the food hall. Because so many opportunities to try great things, right? Oh, yeah. So you and I can meet there someday soon. And again, I'm going to charge it to Craig. He won't mind. No, I'm sure he won't. All right, Mark. Well, it is always great to have you here. Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Always good to talk to you, Libby, and I'll talk to you next week.